0: Today is the Distings moon, that is the full moon, which marks a very important celebration in the pre-Christian Nordic heathen calendar. I'll talk about the Disting in this video, which is that kind of heathen holiday. It was probably a celebration of uh, specific spring goddesses, probably with uh, relation to a cult of fertility. Uh, My name is Ruin Janu Asmussen. I'm a historian of religion. You can look for me on Patreon and uh, give me a monthly donation to support my ongoing work with renewing our knowledge of Nordic history of religion with um, the uh, latest trends in anthropology. Uh, Pre-Christian culture uh, in Northern Europe had four important celebrations around the year. One in the apex of darkness, of the dark time, winter, and that is Yule, that later became Christmas, uh, probably really a prolonged period of different celebrations. Uh, then there's the spring celebration, which is the Deesting here, uh, and uh, there's a the summer celebration about which we you know rather little. And then there's an uh, autumn celebration that sort of marks the threshold for entering the winter period. That's called the Winter Nights, and through history it may have become the All Hallows, uh, uh, Halloween celebrations that uh, are still held today. Uh, the Diesings Moon is the uh, full moon of the third lunar month. <laughs> and lunar months, that, that is the ancient system for reckoning the month, where a month is a period from one new moon over the waxing of the moon, over the waning of the moon, ending at the next new moon, where a new lunar month begins. It's moon months. Now, this is an old way of counting the months that is documented from many locations in different places in the north, England, uh, Sweden, Dalarna, Jutland, uh, also Norway. And the third full moon of the year was the DSA things. Deesating. In some location, this lunar month was simply called with a word that might be related to uh, the Deesir, a, a class of uh, goddesses in, in Nordic mythology. And a myth actually even emerged that uh, associated the founding of this holiday, the Disa thing, with a, a mythical queen, Disa. Uh And there has been speculations that this could have had some well, this celebration could have had some, some relation to the goddess uh, Freya, uh, who had the word name, um Varnadies. She was sometimes called the Varnadies, the, the, the goddess of the Dees of the Varnians, was one of, her, one of her names. So the Dies thing in Sweden was also the, the thing, the legislative congregation of all the Swedes. And in the heathen times, this day was celebrated in a particular with these particular, particularly grand sacrificial feasts held every eight years. Now, this was reported by a German chronicler, Adam of Bremen, and his account is, is not historically precise. <laughs> he talked about a temple of pure gold surrounded by mountains, and uh, there ain't no mountains around Uppsala, and I lived there, <laughs> and a temple of solid gold. I don't know, um, but he also mentions um, three deities, uh, and where we seem to recognise aspects of his account. You know. Thor is associated with thunder, Odin with war, uh, Frey with sexuality. Um, they give libations to Thor for good harvest, to Odin for war, and they ask Frey to bless weddings. Now, at these particular uh, these thing celebrations that were held every eight years the proceedings would go on for nine days with feast meals and sacrifices every day um so and in this these heathen octanual celebration sacrifices were made of nine males of every species including humans at the temple uh, in Uppsala these um sacrifices were hung in a grove nearby uh that was according to Adam, sacralized by their decomposition. Uh, and this is actually not unrealistic. We know uh, from other cultures the idea that decomposing sacrifices are perceived as uh, sacralizing. Uh, there was also a particularly sacred tree and a well used for sacrifices. Now, the celebrations may have had uh, erotic or sexual aspects. Uh, like we saw in the, in the last video, this is actually seems to have been a theme in spring folklore. Uh, and Adam of Bremen, he, he finds the liturgical songs so numerous and repulsive <laughs> that he preferred to uh, leave the matter in, in silence. Uh, also, the Danish chronicle Saxo uh, Grammaticus uh, describes nauseating, unmanly ritual dancing in religious occasions in Uppsala. Um, and in this particular spot, in what is today called uh, Old Uppsala uh, or Gamla Uppsala, uh, the archaeologists have found structures beneath, beneath the medieval church, like potholes, and also found remnants of a great iron. Iron Age hall that had very broad doors and, and apparently have had these iron, iron spirals sitting on it. <laughs> it sounds totally like Conan the Bavarian or something. Uh, also, there were like long r- lines of poles surrounding the site. It might have looked like a similar V or sanctuary in Yelling in Jutland, uh, where there are also, by the way, these great burial mounds. Now, part of the background uh, May for, for the, uh, that Uppsala was particularly sacred was that the, it was the site of the Inglinger kings who regarded themselves as descendants of the god Frey who, according to Snorri, settled in Uppsala. Um, so there's these, um, this religious aspect to kingship. Kings regarded themselves as descendants of, of specific deities. I, I made some other videos about this. Uh, Also, when Christianity came, then uh, the Swedes uh, constructed a saint, St. Erik, who had some different different similarities with uh, Frey. Uh, The saint didn't have a big phallus, uh, but a a leafy branch. (laughs) But a Swedish peasant in the Middle Ages would still go up to Uppsala and sacrifice a horse to St. Erik. I totally love that fact. Um, And... With the implementation of, of Christianity, this, uh, this holiday here, the Deisting, was actually moved ahead in the year and defined with a Christian holiday, the Candlemas, on February 2nd, which happened to be very close to the Irish uh, St. Bridget, sort of in bulk complex. And in the Christian mythology, that date is where uh, the Virgin Mary went through a Jewish ritual cleansing after having born Jesus Right, so uh, there is an identification to this powerful female figure that somehow gives birth to the light of the year. I, I guess uh, Jesus in the Christian logic, um, and that's second uh, of February, the beginning of February, a time of year which is also associated with this f- female figure. Is the time of Goa, uh, Bleeth, different uh, female uh, figures. Uh, However, the uh, Swedish uh, scholar Andreas Norberg has argued quite convincingly that the pre-Christian dating of the Deserting was now the full moon that is closest to the vernal equinox. Uh, And this celebration also happens to fall uh, close to another later Christian invention, which is the Annunciation Day, the day where Jesus was conceived by... uh, well, Mary having sex with God. <laughs> the biology of the the thing is fairly straightforward. If Jesus was born in late December, then he then uh, he must have been conceived in late March, right? Um, so, uh, also the the Christian practices they, they uh, that or the folkloric practices they they have some particularities. The Annunciation changes its name in Scandinavia, like I, I mentioned in another video, from being the day of Our Lady, it becomes the day of the Spring Lady. Uh, And there are symbolisms linked to this day that uh, seem to hint at some kind of marriage between heaven and earth somehow. Uh, Not only in the Christian perspective, where you have Mary having sex with God, uh, but also through other layers of the folklore. It's, It's sort of a theme throughout Spring. For instance, From the English, we have this very beautiful prayer that has been preserved as a blessing for the plough in the spring. And it goes, Arke, 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 mother earth, may the almighty Lord grant you the fields to increase and flourish, fields fruitful and healthy, shining harvests of of, shafts of millet, broad harvests of barley, hail to thee, earth, mother of men, bring forth now in God's embrace filled with good for the use of men. Uh, note how the harvest is the fruit of a sexual union between heaven and earth. It is as if this gender or sexual tension is very fundamental to ha- how the well-functioning world produces what human uh, humans need to live. And I think that kind of logic may have been somewhere at the uh, foundation of this goddess celebration that Adam found too obscene to even tell us about. Um, And when you look at the uh, Scandinavian folklore, you also get this image of these gendered months that are somehow in relation to each other and that that perhaps conceives and gives birth to the things that humans need to exist. Uh, And um, on on the Scandinavian material specifically, there's a a number of scholars have associated this marriage of heaven and earth uh, with uh, the the gods Thor and like possibly representing a sky deity and some sort of earth harvest-like goddess whose marriage produces the sustenance of human beings. Uh, and particularly in relation to this time of year, it's also worth noting that this time of of, of year where a a solar or a lunar month, whatever, uh, has been called Thor month. uh, There are the Thursdays of Thor, these weird holidays that sort of play with the idea of light coming and agents throwing stones and water to break the winter or sticking a stuff in the earth to, to break the power of winter. Uh, and there's also some erotic suggestion in the uh, relation to the arrival of a crane for some reason at this time in southern Scandin- Scandinavia, and in fact in all the, the Baltic area. And I'm, I'm a bit reluctant to be too specific about what all these means. I would just suggest the possibility of seeing the heathen uh, spring celebration of the desisting de- de- in the in the context of these uh, erotic motives that seem to be a, like a permeating feature of uh, folk belief in northern Europe uh, around this time of year. Yes, thank you very much. You can follow me on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, also a bit on, on Instagram. And uh, as mentioned, you can also Patreon support me. If, uh, if you're interested in uh, the work I do and uh, want to support me, continue making it. Thank you very much.